0: You're listening to On the Air. It's time to talk about kitesurfing. And here is Lewis Crathen.
1: Thank you, thank you. Wow, lively crowd in here tonight, and rightly so. It's my first podcast. I'm Lewis Crathen, a professional kite surfer from the UK, and this is On the Air. Each episode's gonna be jam-packed with stuff I think is worth talking about. There'll be interviews with the big names in the kiteboarding industry coaching tips from myself, insights to the event scene, and much, much more. Coming up on the air today, I have Aaron Hadlow, five times world champion from the UK, and we're going to talk King of the Air, the biggest event in kiteboarding happening right now in Cape Town. We've even actually run a couple of the first heats, so we have some real insights to talk to you about with that. I'll have some tips for you on how to deal with strong wind out on the water. And there'll be some other fun and games along the way. But first, I have a confession to make. I blew up somebody's pump on the beach. I never found the owner. I'm truly sorry. We've all been there and done it as kite surfers. You see a pump, no one's around. I needed to pump up my 10. The wind was light. I didn't want to go all the way back to the truck in the car park. There I was. One quick decision. I'll put it back when it's done. There'll be no problems. Bang! nearly blew the shaft out i am so sorry and if you do get in contact with me i'll try and sort you out a new north pump i did get the correct psi though just in case you were wondering on its last breath that pump did serve me well um and moving on then we're going to talk to aaron hadlow directly now about how things are going at the king of the air and generally what he gets up to as a professional kite surfer
0: you're listening to on the air lewis Crathern.
1: I'm here with Aaron Hadlow, five times world champion and good friend of mine. Thanks for joining me today, Aaron, on the air. How do you feel? Good day yesterday at King of the Air?
0: Yes, yesterday was a pretty good day. I mean, when I woke up in the morning, I thought it was going to be really, really windy because, you know, when it's blowing from nine o'clock like that, we thought, oh, it's going to go crazy. But it dipped down in the afternoon and some of the first seats were actually a little bit lighter than we would have liked. But by the time our heats came along it was pretty windy and yeah, for me I had a pretty fun first round and a bit tactical and uh, I enjoyed the day. We'll
1: talk a bit more about that and how how that went down your epic heat yesterday. But first off, this sort of stuff doesn't usually come easy to us, talking about the competition. We're still in the event obviously and I don't know about you Aaron but I read a lot of stuff, I like to read things about the event online and gone are the days where I used to actively participate in the discussions because that's quite tricky for us as professionals and one of the reasons we thought we'd sit down today is to actually bring you some more real inside information on actually what is happening as far as judging and how we feel things should be scored. Now obviously the new move is the Megaloop board off Aaron and I think a lot of people were surprised that you have this move in your repertoire, but they forget that you were one of the guys that could deal with board offs like majorly in the day. Are you excited about doing board offs again? Did you see this coming? Um,
0: well, I saw it last year changing a little bit. Whereas in the previous events that we've been to and we've done in the King of the Air, I always knew boots would be the best option. They were looking for the extreme big kite loops, and that was something that I knew I could get to the final with. But as there was a bit of a change in tone at the last event when Nick came up and he was doing some stuff in straps and there was a bit of a hype about, about it. And for me personally, it was more about showing the people that thought, oh, maybe Aaron doesn't go as big, he's more technical, he's um you know, he's winning on you know one certain move, which was the Mega Loop KGB at the time. So I wanted to kind of prove to people that I can also do the old board Like you said, I've been Doing them board offs when I was a young grom when I was first kiting, I was kiting before there was even board offs. So I've been through the whole the whole era of you know, doing one footers to board offs, to handle pass, sent handle passes, and then into the more freestyle stuff, which I guess people know me for a little bit more.
1: One of the discussions that we, you and me have both been having is the use of handles. Now, I'm actually not very flexible, I'm not good at board offs anyway, but the use of handles being much easier to... To to do the moves. I mean, I can do Bordos, and pretty much everyone in that fleet can do Bordos with their eyes closed. Simple, straight jumps. And I don't know about you, Aaron, but I don't like seeing them so much in the event. I don't feel that there's any risk, any extremity in it, which is what we're being marked on. I know there's lots of fans out there that are into Bordos. That's you, Toby. I know you love that stuff. But it just doesn't belong in this event anymore, I don't think. It's there as a crowd pleaser, and the way it's been brought back into the event. With these mega loops, and this is a real hot discussion at the moment. Aaron, is what we're looking at, and we're not sure of, is actually which kites you're choosing. So you performed yesterday the first ever mega loop uh, boogie loop. Uh, ro- what was it called again? Mega loop boogie loop roll uh, board off. Yeah. You want to call I don't it know. that? Maybe we should ask. Front have roll board off mega loop. Front yeah. roll board off mega loop. Okay, by the by the rail of the board. And this was in, uh, in reply to one of the other riders who also landed a very innovative new move. But you were on the Vegas. And tell us a bit more about how that feels to perform a move on a Vegas than a than a bridled kite with a mega loop.
0: Yeah, I mean, first off, probably best to start saying that I'm, I agree in certain ways that board offs in the event, they're not extreme. They're part of the the, fifth, the last part of the score, which is more variety and it's being pushed a little bit that way now that you need to have more variety and that can help your score because it's getting so close um for the actual best tricks that you do for me i feel like i've kind of been forced into having to ride straps because of the way the judging format because of the way that other riders are are going out and performing the way they see big air so it seems like there's a lot of other riders taking straps, taking more um, hybrid-style kites, bridled kites, and it's definitely causing a debate on, on the old judging because some of the, the other kites, the bridled kites, they aren't, they aren't pulling as much throughout the loop.
1: Some of them or all of them? Let's get to the point here.
0: <clears throat> I think most of them. If it's got a bridle on the kite it has that element of D power. We, we call it technically kind of, it, it pivots, it, it goes on its axis and it spins around rather than having the big arc and the kite coming round low. So for me to do a kite loop on, let's say a Vegas, a sea kite, the kite's swooping round, it's generating so much more power. Whereas on some of the other kites, I think it's possible to get the kite low and it's possible to produce some power from it. But a lot of the people are kind of cranking the bar and you almost see him go, carry on going up after the kite loop as well. So there's definitely a bit of a discussion out there for how the kites are, are performing and you know how much risk, how much technicality is, um, is dependent on the kite a little bit.
1: It's always been part of the event, to be honest. It's a real e- evolution-style event <coughs> where the judging... Is always moving on in time and it's quite difficult to really get it now, especially with these new tricks. So just to change subject very briefly, Aaron, we're currently at your place here. You come every year to Cape Town. Um, We've got one of your filmmakers in the background who's busy taking some shots. You can hear his camera going off. Tell me why you come to Cape Town every year and you have done for so long. To all the people that are thinking about coming out here, are you going to tell them, don't, it's too busy? Or (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you were thinking?
0: Probably it's too busy now, yeah. Um, But it has just got crazier and crazier every year, to be honest, and I remember coming out in the first years, I think my first season was the 2001, and it was a handful of kiters out there, uh, quite a strong British crew as well, Um, and those were the days where I was learning my board offs and stuff like that, so it's definitely something that shaped me as a rider throughout my career, because I would come here every winter, I haven't missed one since the first time I ever came, 16, 17 years now. So in the times that I was competing and going on tour, I wouldn't say it made me the most technical rider as time went on because it's very harsh conditions here. I think at the time I was able to learn new tricks and I was able to bring things to the table, but I was also able to train in these harsh conditions. So whatever I did learn here, I could take it to every event around the world and there was nowhere harder than this place. So that shaped me as a um, in my freestyle, but also underlining fact was that I would go out here with Ruben and some of the other riders, actually one of the judges now, Greg, we were all out here riding. We were doing big jumps, we were doing mega loop mobs and mega loop KGBs and all sorts of crazy high stuff. So that's something that's been in our DNA since we were young kids, so that's something that's actually makes us confident to come to the king of the air and be able to do quite well
1: but you kept coming back obviously you have family out here and you keep coming back every year and uh, i think for those people that haven't been it's an amazing place to kite The setting is unbelievable when the waves line up and the the kickers line up there's almost nowhere like it around the world but let's talk about the traffic the traffic is a big deal right out here now and something incredible happened During our riders' briefing, we actually all agreed on a very different rule. There's an international rule, if you like, on the ocean that starboard or right foot forward has right of way. And we've done something very new in the competition and actually all agreed that it's left foot forward that has right of way at this event. And that might change things out here in South Africa because you don't get one session, do you, Aaron, where you go out and there's a guy that's nearly jumped on you or then you nearly jump on someone else. or You're covering such distances out here when you boost that it's, it almost needs the rules rewritten. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, it's really difficult because as pro riders and people in the event that say ride together, you kind of have an understanding of what's what. And even if it's close, you kind of can know to get out of the way, when to turn. And, you know, even the best of us sometimes come close. But when you're riding with people that you actually don't know and the thing with Cape Town its known for wave riders and big jumps, there's nothing really in between so there's massive variables of people taking waves, people jumping off waves and Big Air is becoming a big thing in kiteboarding now so people are going pretty massive, people you probably haven't heard of or just average people trying to get their highest jumps and that's something that's um, difficult because it's hard to find space and some people who are a bit more out of control maybe think oh they've got this it'll be fine but if if you make a small mistake we all know that it can go horribly wrong you're listening to on the air
1: with lewis crathen i almost go off the the idea that if there's a one percent chance in your brain you might go into someone you don't take that on you don't it's funny how often that one percent comes around is different riding with with your mates in big air especially the pros we have a system where we circulate and I think some of my tips to some of the people that would be riding and coming out here and finding themselves in this busy area would be one, the most important rule of all is to look over your shoulder and look upwind. Upwind is almost taking priority these days out here. If you turn before you've even got out the back, change tack, somebody airborne cannot manoeuvre themselves in any safe way apart from bombing out of the sky, you know. So it would be definitely to look over your shoulder. What other advice would you have for... The people riding during these big air sessions where people are going massive.
0: I think also take your time because I'm out there and a lot of people are changing tacks quickly. They're trying to get the wave every time. You need to give each other the time. It's better to have one massive one for yourself where you can have time. You can go as big as you want. You can line up the right wave other than trying to get the wave every time. And I find that frustrating because I try and line up the perfect wave I see a lot of people maybe turning out the back. It would be nice if, you know, like we say, we circulate a bit better. If you go out and you see some waves coming in, let the set go, continue your tack, and then turn around and assess what's going on. Maybe ride back in with the lull of the wave, the wave period, and then you'll be back at the beach ready for your next set of waves. Yeah,
1: there's definitely that to be said for if you are riding in, you're coming, you're still behind the sets, and you see someone loading up there in that real motor loading up there's no harm in turning around that's one thing that for me i'd like to see more of because when you're that rider riding out and you've seen that perfect kicker it's a distraction to have someone downwind of you if it's a friend they'll park it low and you'll go over them but if you don't know them you're not sure they're gonna raise it up and that's a horrendous thing to see miles up in the air is another kite in your face so really turn around when you see someone loading up Because they'll never see that kicker again. Isn't that sad, Aaron? They'll never see that one kicker again. Are you okay with that? If you, if you're the one that's denied them that wave, you've got to live with that, I'm afraid. I mean, there's a bunch of other ways we can look at how to ride together out here. But I think my, my overall feeling, Aaron, about it in, in some ways is you can't moan at the traffic when you are the traffic. That's the difficult thing about it now is that there's so many people out here. We can, we can have off days. I mean, we're preparing for King of the Air at the moment. And most certainly I'm a really happy guy on the water and i found myself getting stressed lately, which no one wants to do on the water. So we're not going to go too much further and I've got a couple more questions for you actually. Let's start just by you telling us what you're up to for the rest of the year. What have you got planned now? I mean I know you might be doing a bit of commentary together with me this year on the World Kite Boarding League. What other things have you got in the pipeline?
0: Well, it's quite an open year for me this year, it's great, I've actually decided that I won't be following a world tour in freestyle this year for the the first time in my career, so that's quite a big step, but I'm very excited about having my own plans, and one big project I have is a video project, which is going to be based, um, started off out here, we're currently filming, and we'll be doing three or four main spots throughout the year and doing a bit more of a feature length video, something a bit longer, a bit more thought bit more quality um, rather than just quick video edits um, coming out every every so often online. So that's something that I'm very excited about and throughout the year we'll be pushing that with online social, uh, small clips and, and info. So that's going to be good. At the same time, I'll probably be doing the, the KPL tour, the rail tour. I'm still very competitive and a lot of my good friends are on that, so that's a good way to stay have fun and stay a little bit competitive. Obviously the King of the Air, that's a major major deal for me right now, very into that and been out here for a month or so getting ready for this event. Um, and yeah like you say hopefully a little bit of commentary on the World Tour with you if that works out throughout the year and quite mobile to, to do a few different different things this year. it's exciting.
1: Thanks for joining me, Aaron, and good luck for the rest of the event. So that was Aaron Hadlow, fresh from his victory in the first round of the King of the Air. And That was really interesting to talk to him and get his ideas about the event and just to know a little bit more about what he gets up to. Those of you that did watch his heat on the live stream yesterday, wow, I was there on the beach and I've seen some comebacks from that guy. But this was unbelievable. How do you go further than a guy that's just brought a new only landed once board off into heat well what you do is you do it without a handle and you do a front roll for the first time not sure if that was deliberate but as a pulled it off and how many times this guy can produce a miracles it's almost to me like the best guys at the top level of sport can always produce miracles and that is definitely what we saw yesterday sometimes i think that this event and the criteria is really misunderstood i think The people on the beach and the spectators really like to see us boosting high. I mean, they understand what's going on with that. But collectively, most of the riders, the majority of us, want it to be about pushing the limits of the sport. The event is not about who is jumping the highest. We can all set up with 24-meter lines, hybrid kites, and go as high as possible. But there has to be a balance of this extremity factor which is what the judges tell us they like with these low kite loops and powered kite loops and and we got into that a little bit with Aaron there talking about the different shapes of kite we can all take the board off we're all pretty good at that we started doing that years ago I mean you only have to see some of these riders they're unbelievable at doing board offs but is that the future of the sport potentially with the mega loops but just straight jumps and board offs I don't think they should be scored nearly anything at this competition that's right I said it you're listening to On the Air Lewis Crathern. Let's move on to some coaching for you, and I've picked the perfect topic for you. If you're either heading to Cape Town or you're regularly kite surfing a strong wind location, as a professional coach as well, I love to coach kiteboarding, and this tip is just for you if you're struggling to hold down the power. One of the most common mistakes that I see with kiteboarders that have begun their kiteboarding journeys, especially within the, the first couple of years, is when you start feeling powered up, bringing the kite to 12. You might think that this is going to help you in the long run. Bringing it up to 12, you'll slow down, you can let go of the bar, but actually your friend, when you are powered as hell, is to keep the kite down on the water. Try and keep it even half a metre on the water, or even get the tip to almost touch bar right out when those mega gusts come it's kind of a strange posture sometimes but if you really want to take a lot of power you have to keep that kite low why because with the kite low it will stop pulling you up and over the board as soon as you bring that kite up it's all over you have to think of the back leg or the back foot if you will or even the back heel which is taking at least 75% of your body weight through it as a major source of breaking power We of course have pushing the bar out which depowers the kite but we can also put a lot of energy through that part of the board and into the ocean and down into the water. A good way to explore if you're doing that correctly is to look at how much spray, how much water are you displacing off your back foot. So try and use the back part of your board to edge out those gusts, push the bar out and keep the kite low. Many a time, people come to me and say, I'm keeping the kite low, but I'm stopping. I'm not actually keeping my momentum up here on the water. Now, the reason that is, is sometimes when you edge too hard, you can almost stop. So during the lulls, or when the wind drops slightly, flatten off the board. You can even bear slightly off downwind to get your speed back up. But really, the message I'm trying to get here is try not to rely on bringing your kite up again and creating that rhythm up and down if you've got good power it should be as simple as push the bar out if you're really powered up you should be able to edge and continue like that if you find you need a little bit more power flatten the board off actually sheet the bar in as well you can use the sheeting of a kite which is to pull the bar into you and sheeting out and pushing it away to really control that that power through your body rather than bringing the kite up and down which will basically result in you heading way further downwind Let's play a couple of games now on On The Air, and this first one's a great one. Now, I recorded this sound earlier on in the year, and I'll give you a clue as to where it was. Sounds pretty windy to me. It was in Europe where I recorded this wind speed sound. I would like you all to Guess the wind speed. I want it in knots and the first person that can leave a message on my Facebook page which has that correct wind speed will be able to ask me any question they want about coaching and I'm going to address it purely and personally for you next time on the air. So we're down on the beach. It's pretty windy down here. And that brings episode one of On The Air to a close. Please let me know your thoughts. Leave me some comments on what you'd like to hear on the show. And just before we go, I'm going to check in with the Woo leaderboards. I can see that the top three is still Nick Jacobson in third place with 28.6. Stuart Downey's now in second with 28.7. Joshua Manuel is one step closer to that 30-meter mark. He's only one meter off. He's on 29.0. Stay safe, everyone. And remember, if you've got 1% doubt in your mind... Don't send it. Oh yeah.